Hey guys, Ryan here with My Fishing Cape Cod. And before we dive into today's podcast, I want to let you know that the following program is a snippet of a one and a half hour long seminar that is available for members of My Fishing Cape Cod over at our website. So listen to this program. I hope you enjoy it. But if you want access to the full hour and a half long seminar, simply go to myfishingcapecod.com slash cod hyphen and hyphen coffee hyphen video. Tight lines take care and I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins. As always, very excited to be back with you this week. At long last, after a few weeks, we are going to start releasing some of our podcast that we recorded back on March 26th at our awesome Cod and Coffee event down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and our gracious host, Bruno Demir threw a great event for us down there from 8 a.m. till after 10 a.m. It was an awesome morning. We had a great panel of experts, and we recorded a ton of podcast audio in front of a live studio audience for the very first time. It was just a tremendous experience to be part of, and we've taken all that audio for you, the members. We've archived it, and I'm going to now be releasing it in a series of short podcasts. So for those who came out, they got a front row seat to our panel of experts. They got to interact with them, ask them some questions, be part of the show themselves, and get to see how a podcast was taped. It was just truly an honor to be with all the members that morning. So you may be wondering how we're going to do this. Our panel of four guest experts included Jimmy the Greek from On Time Charters, Tony Biskey from Take It Easy Charters, Captain Mike Fowler from Bad Dog Sport Fishing, and Eddie Kuyumjian from Monomoy Tackle. Now, instead of releasing all the audio at once, we're going to chop this up into four different podcasts highlighted by each guest speaker that we featured in the Cod and Coffee event. And after much debate and deliberation, Ryan and I have decided to feature Captain Mike Fowler of Bad Dog Sport Fishing out of Sasuit Harbor in Dennis, Massachusetts, as our first podcast guest on this four-part series. And Mike is an expert at catching flounder, squid, haddock, tuna, stripers, bluefish, and much more. But for this particular discussion, we're going to focus on the flounder. Mike Fowler here. I got uh, the bad dog out of Sasuit Harbor. I kind of built my charter business around flounder and obviously striped bass and bluefish because that's primarily what the bay's got. But 90% of my clients uh, come from either Jersey or New York just to come flounder fishing with me. Uh, the winter flounder they used to have everywhere used to be loaded with them, and especially down uh, New Jersey and New York, they used to catch them all the time, but they kind of they fizzled out, and their regulations are two per person down there, and it's not really worth it to go for two. Uh, up here, it's eight per person, and uh, they got to be a minimum of 12 inches, but 90% of them are 16 inches or more. Um, I, I'm sailing twice a day, every day, for uh, flounder in the springtime here. 
Our season starts primarily May 1st and runs through June. Uh, we catch them. We catch them pretty consistently that whole time period. Once the water warms up, they kind of get a little tricky to catch. They're more of a cold water fish. Once once the flounder slows down, we go straight into striped bass. That's usually when we get all our big striped bass, 40-inch fish. Kind of 21st century sophisticated, <laughs> crazy tackle you use to catch these fish. So <laughs> it's gonna be so futuristic, right? Oh yeah, real futuristic. Uh, simple rigs literally is all you use. Bait and simple rigs. I brought a simple rig here from the local tackle shop to show you guys here if I can get it open. Basically, we fish bait on the bottom with a... When I flounder fish, I always recommend like the lightest rod, one of the lightest rods you can get. I actually recently got a rod from Jimmy. It's the ultralight version of one yeah. of his favorite rods that I'm going to try out this year. I have one here to show you. Um, a lot of guys bring like super light spinning rods. On the boat, I have conventional rods that are very, very soft tip. Flounder, a lot of times, they'll come up and they'll just they'll just peck at it, nibble at it, and you'll you'll feel them. If you have a heavy rod, you're not going to feel that little pick, and they'll just clean your bait off every time. Um, so what are you supposed to do when you feel that pick? Uh, so basically, when you're feeling them pick it. it, you can kind of let them eat it. I usually let them hit it one or two times, and then you just you give them a slow lift, and if you feel a little bit of extra weight on there, just give them a little bit of a hook set. You don't need much. You, they're soft mouths. You rip their mouth right it's off. It's almost like fluke. So it's you're the way tipping you that. Hook them. Yeah. So exactly. basically, this is your simple rig. You could buy this at the tackle shop. I um I buy them. I make. I tie them. I tie them as well. What do you bait it with? Um, so I'll, on the boat, I'll usually have either sea clams, cohogs, and worms, uh, sandworms. Uh, always fresh. I'm, I'm always shucking them fresh on the boat because all that juice oh, and everything. Yeah. It's all it, 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 fresh is always better. You know, if you have frozen stuff, you'll still catch them. But uh, I find the fresh stuff has like a nice sheen to it, a smell that the, they come they come biting. But well, I've always used the concept of uh, human behavior. Yeah. Would you rather have a cold? dish out of the refrigerator three, four days old, or fresh cooked meal that just exactly. came out of the oven. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Exactly. It's with anything. Fresh is always best. But we're fishing these rigs like anywhere from, I have sinkers from three ounces to six ounces on the boat, depending on the tide, the setting. But I'll just, I'll put little tiny strips of clam on here. Maybe a lot of times I'll put a worm up high or a worm down low, a clam up high, worm down low, vice versa. And uh, depending on how the fish are biting, I've noticed that I'll either anchor and show them like Jimmy likes to do for the haddock, or I'll drift. I, a lot of times I'll do better drifting. You kind of got to feel your scenario out. But that's how you determine what size lead you're using. I'll use a heavier sinker if I'm drifting, a lighter sinker if I'm anchored, just so you could feel the bite a little bit better. But basically what I do is I'll, if I'm drifting, I'll put a heavy, say, 5-ounce, and I'll just slowly bounce this on the bottom. You, 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 the sinker hits the sand and makes like a, a little puff. And they, they'll sit there and follow it sometimes. I've had guys bring cameras, and they, they put the cameras down, and the flounder will sit there and just hover behind it. Eventually, one just commits and bites it. And you'll feel that little tap, tap, tap. And you just, like I said, yeah, I'll, I'll slow lift the rod, and you'll feel the extra weight more than the five-ounce sinker. You just give them a little bit extra, and 90% of the time, they're hooked pretty deep in the mouth. And... These little Chestertown hooks, they, they don't come out very easy. Once you get them in the boat, they're hard to get out. But uh, 
A lot of times you a lot of times you get doubles too, two at once, because they, they, they swim together. So you'll get one and it attracts all the other ones, they'll bite the other one, you'll come up, you'll have two on the rig. Um, these little yellow teasers, I swear they're, they're a big ticket to the success. They have this little curly tail, uh, a lot of flounder like the flash. Uh, there's guys that use everything. People, people have corn beads, Move. orange beads. Something that moves. Something that moves, attracts them. I have guys that bring polka dotted sinkers. They'll paint their sinkers orange. They'll paint their sinkers yellow with polka dots, and they got all this, this yeah. the tricks. Are we catching clowns or flounders? Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty smart, so they, you got to fool them. I mean, they don't they don't look very smart when they lay there on the bottom, but they're actually they'll if you if you don't feel the bite, they'll pick you clean every time you reel up. You have no bait, you know. So so Mike just shared this with me before we got started. Can you tell us where flounder go in the winter? So they don't really migrate. They don't go anywhere. Some of them themselves. will go offshore a little bit, uh, the bigger be, ones. But ninety percent of them, they'll bury themselves in the mud all That's winter. Right. They're still the base. They're still all out in the bay right now. They are. From what I've noticed, I and what I've heard and talking to people and learning on my own is they go up in the estuaries and they bury themselves in the mud in the cold months after it gets the water gets to a certain temperature. And they don't eat. They won't eat anything. They're buried in the mud, and their 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 bodies shrink down. Small. Their fillets. If you go to fillet one right now, there's barely any meat on them. Wow. I actually, a couple of clam dragger guys that I talk to, they catch them dragging clams because they're dragging through the mud and the sand, and they'll be in the clam dragger and they'll bring them in for me. I'll eat them for dinner, and the 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 fillets. I mean, you got to fillet three of them to get a, a meal, you know, four of them to get they a meal. They don't eat much in the winter. Um, They're like bears. I've tried targeting them. You can't really get them to bite no matter what I do. You'll be bouncing it on their head for all I know, <laughs> and they won't eat anything. But once the water gets to a certain temperature in the spring, which I notice is kind of around 50 degrees, they all start coming out of the mud, and they're, they're spawning in the springtime. So I notice right away in the beginning when I start catching them, they're all full of eggs. Um... And they're, they're not biting ferociously yet, but as soon as they lay their eggs, which is middle of May, early May, they just, they go nuts and they eat everything that you put down. You can just keep hitting the bottom and it's dropping real, dropping real once they come off the spawn. These primarily sea clams, because... Sea clams, I, I like sea clams just because you get a lot of bait out of one, yeah. one clam, but any, any type of clam or mussel or worm, worm yeah. long strips, they like the action. They you know, like take soft food. Soft yeah. food. Well, the quahogs, I find they come off the hook. Yeah. Unless you use that strip of meat. You know, yeah, a lot of times I'll, put, I'll salt them. Before I put them on, I'll salt them, and it kind of firms up the, okay. the clam That's a little bit. I, when I always cut them, I'm always stripping them. No matter what I do for flounder, I'm making strips, strips. Because if you look at them, their mouths are like little circles, and they just suck the strip in, you know? Not too long, though, because then you'll just, they'll just pick the just tail off them. every time. You're just feeding them. I got, I got a question for you, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Um, how about some just general tips on, you know, kind of picking out productive spots? So what I look for when I'm picking out a spot is a... Uh, a change in bottom from depth, okay. maybe like you'll find a hump, Channel. and yeah, they'll be on the they'll be on the edge of the hump. They'll be down in the hole. Um, a lot of times, I'll look for rocky patches, and I notice when I drift over the rocks, you can feel the rocks, feel the rocks. The second you hit a sand or a soft spot, is where they're all laying. They're in the in between all the rocky spots, 
and what they're doing is pretty much ambushing any bait that That's comes. That's the sanctuary. Through. Yeah, they use rocks as a as a shelter. Yep. Like yeah. We use I buildings. Mean, if there's a strong wind coming at your face, and you're trying to find somewhere to break the wind, they do the same thing on the bottom structure. I mean, I've, in in the past, I've heard. I I haven't tried it myself, but guys used to use them for bait for striped bass. Okay. That's how the striped bass will engulf a flounder in two seconds, you know. And I've noticed when the striped bass do come in in the end of June and we're flounder fishing and they're around us, it's not as good because obviously they're, the striped bass are chasing the flounder around. Danger is around. Yeah, yeah. They, and, they, and they know that. So. Right. Yeah. Is that the same with the uh, increased seal population now? Yeah, so I, uh, I notice all... 90% of the time, every day, I'll notice a seal sitting by the boat, and he's sitting there with a flounder in his mouth, like corn on the cob, eating it right in front of me. I think they do it to tease me, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan, you have another question for Mike before we move on? Any other uh, springtime fishing opportunities in the bay that you're Yeah, so that's about? why I, I brought this. Uh, come the end of flounder season, June, we get a lot of squid that come through the bay. Squid run is that's usually when we get our biggest bass. Um, I primarily troll these. This is my, one of my favorite lures. This one isn't rigged. This is just a skirt. I'll rig them up with either a weight or a lighter head in them, like a wood head. And we'll just fast troll these around. You'll, you'll know when the squid are around because the bass will be yeah. spraying them out of the water. Yeah. And I'll Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's end of June uh, into early July. And basically, you get out early in the morning, like first light. They're up on the surface splashing squid everywhere, and I'll put four or five, they call them hoochies, put four or five hoochies out, any, any color, pink, red. Just to rig them with the chain. Yep, we, we'll rig them with a chain. I like to rig them with uh, wire, chain, anything. Mom. And a uh, big, big sidewash hook, single sidewash hook, and you fast troll them anywhere from four knots. Sometimes I troll them six knots, seven knots. and. Wow. They'll come up and eat them like a, a tuna fish, you know, on the Are surface. Are you using lead core on that? Or uh, I'll, I'll run a lead core in the middle, and then I have outriggers on the boat, and I'll put, uh, like, a mono in the outrigger so it sits on the surface. Really? And 90% of the time, they'll eat the surface one. Oh, that's, that's going to be and it's like a And it's like a tuna bite, you know. They come up, explode on it. You'll hear the outrigger pop, and you're on. And then usually 90% of the time, the first one goes off, all five other ones go off. Just a follow-up question on, on, on yep. go back to Flounder. So how do you see them fish uh, over the course of the tide? So what I've noticed is you need moving tide. Exactly. As soon as the tide dies, yeah. you'll, you can't catch them. They, you'll catch one here, one there. I'll go from catching them every drop to, to nothing almost. And I'll, a lot of my customers will get confused and discouraged. And I tell them, just wait, just wait, just wait. And as soon as the tide starts running, turns the other way, Turns right back on. That's exactly what fluke does. It's very, very similar to fluke fishing, yes. but more, more bait instead of right. of uh, jigs. You know what I'm saying? No matter how, as long as I got moving current, yeah. they're biting. That's it. Yep. That's the key. Yep. It's the moving tide. And then moving when water. when the tide's moving like that, I like drifting. Um, I primarily like drifting. I'll anchor when they first come off, like the spawn there, like I said. Because they're so hungry, you could just anchor, and they'll, you can get them on the chum, and they'll just keep coming and coming and coming until you sink the boat or you got your limit. You know what I mean? Tie is very important generally on all fish. Yep. Uh, even when I'm haddock fishing in, in the bay on steel wagon or whatever, I choose to fish for the day. 
When I lose the tie, something that I personally do is I take my chum pot or both, tie them off the anchor on the ball, leave them there and drift. I leave them there. Don't pull them up. Leave them right there. I drift away, and when the tie starts going the other way, I go back, tie the boat on the anchor again, and they'll bite like hell again. Mm -hmm. huh. And before that, they'll shut off. I see them on the machine, they're under the boat, they will not eat. Yep. They're already done eating, just like us. Once you finish your meal, you don't feel like eating no more. Yeah. You might eat a small piece of cookie or pastry, <laughs> yeah. but that's about it. So and once again, you digest and you're done and you've got your <coughs> desire to eat again. Your next lure for modern time, a cookie. A cookie. cookie. Lure. <laughs> cookie lure. An Armenian cookie. Yeah. An Armenian cookie. <laughs> yeah, and one more thing is I, I find them anywhere. I've caught them as far as depth-wise. I've caught them off the dock, which is eight feet of water, right where my boat is, anywhere out to 80 feet of water. I've caught them in 80 feet. As long as you can feel them biting, you'll be able to catch them. If you go, 80 feet gets tough because you could, it's harder to feel the little, they, they just little, little pecks on it, you know? But, in general, what, uh, what depth do you prefer? 90% um, of the time, I'm in anywhere from 20 to 50 feet of water. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be drifting little holes, little bottoms. You'll come up on an edge, and sometimes you'll find them up on top of the edge. I've, ca I've caught them with anything from sand eels in their bellies to little baby lobsters, crabs, they eat everything. They're bottom feeders, you know. Um, so spring tog, we get a lot of spring tog. We got a, some years it's different, but we have like a two week period where it's like some of the best tog fishing you've ever seen. The bayside? Yep, yep. But the problem with the bayside is we don't have a lot of structure. Right, the wreck over Yeah, there's not many wrecks. Little specific spots in that. I have a few single rocks that aren't marked that I just, I've, I've found by fishing. And they're loaded, and as long as it, as long as they don't get either fished out, or the the, the blackfish don't move on, you can do pretty well in May. Yeah, I'm down in Dennis, so I don't very venture very far. I go Brewster, uh, Barnstable, Sandy Neck, kind of that hole. Um, I don't I don't fish very much over there, but those guys do very Same well thing. with blackfish. In the spring, is structure. It's strictly. Dog, blackfish is strictly strict structure fish. Mm -hmm. Crabs, green crabs. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what do you have for a boat? Uh, I have a 31-foot down east boat. It's, uh, they call it a BHM. It's big platform, nice fishing, um, diesel motor. Slow boat, but I can basically fish in any conditions. Thank you to Captain Mike Fowler of Bad Dog Sport Fishing out of Sisuit Harbor in Dennis, Massachusetts. And if you had fun listening to Mike talk about flounder and stripers and tog and all the other species that he targets inside Cape Cod Bay, you can feel free to get in touch with him to book a charter for the 2022 season. He is currently accepting charters. You can head over to Bad Dog Fishing Cape Cod. Dot com. That's baddogfishingcapecod.com, and you can get in touch with Mike through his contact form. Also, book a charter. He also offers two-hour lobster tours as well on the website. Again, Captain Mike Fowler of Bad Dog Sport Fishing over on baddogfishingcapecod.com. It was a pleasure having Mike be part of our guest panel back on the March 26th edition of Cod and Coffee down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. 
hosted by our good buddy Bruno Demir. And that was just one small taste of what we got out of that guest panel. We've got three more great podcasts in the works for you. As mentioned off the top of the show, we had Eddie Kuyumjian from Monomoy Tackle, Tony Biskey from Take It Easy Charters, and of course, Jimmy the Greek, who you heard a little bit during this conversation with Mike. But Jimmy also had his own section of the panel. So you can expect a podcast with each of these three gentlemen coming up in the very near future. So that's going to put the wraps on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. Again, special thanks to Mike Fowler of Bad Dog Sport Fishing, Bruno Demir, our good buddy from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, for putting on a great cod and coffee event. And also Ryan Collins, proud MFCC founder and creator. This podcast, the Cod and Coffee event, and just everything that's great about My Fishing Cape Cod would not be possible without Ryan. So that's going to do it for me, Kevin Collins, your host here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And until we chat again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to myfishingcapecod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care. Hey guys, Ryan here with My Fishing Cape Cod. And before we sign off today, I want to let you know that the full Cod and Coffee seminar is available for members of MyFishingCapeCod.com over on the website. This is over one and a half hours of excellent fishing information. And again, it's available on our website for supporting members. And to access this content, Simply go to myfishingcapecod.com slash cod hyphen and hyphen coffee hyphen video. So again, thank you for listening. I hope to see you over on the site as a member. Tight lines and take care.